0: Good morning. Anybody fired up to be in the house of God this weekend? Wow, man, it is great to see you guys. Thrilling promisers, we welcome you from all of our campuses across East Tennessee, our, our God Behind Bars, our internet campus, all of our campuses. By the way, a couple weeks ago, our Blunt County campus did an outreach weekend. Had more people than over 6,000 people, more than all the other campuses combined. And so we had 11,000 all across campuses that weekend. Tons of people saved. Anderson's going to two services. Campbell had a huge outreach event, 750 people last week or a week or so ago. And man, across the board, God is at work. So grateful to see you, Great for be here. After last weekend, I wasn't sure who was coming back, so thrilled to have you this weekend. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it means you were not here last weekend, because if you were here, you would know what we're talking about, because we got all up as a business last weekend. Then we're getting some grills. And I got some really creative emails this week. Can I just tell you? <laughs> Facebook stuff, emails. You know, I mean, smoke signals, man, there were some people that were very unhappy campers last weekend, and I can live with that. Uh, I really can, because we all serve with the pleasure of King Jesus, amen? amen. It's not our job to make you happy, it's our job to make you holy. And so, man, we're, so, you know, you ought to have to walk out of church thinking, man, well, I'm not, where am I at my hat on that, are you? Because we want you to grapple with these Instead of just sitting back in a rut, not moving, you're going to get challenged this weekend in an area that's literally it's going to it's going to rock your world. And I believe this is so the will of God. We will never be the same after this message. We'll just you won't be the same. God's already doing it across our campuses. We're in a series called "Religious People Ruin Everything," and they sure do, don't they? They do see religion. It doesn't produce love. It produces the law, and so religion is not about love. Religion's about an outward adherence to a set of dogmas or do's and don'ts and doctrines. And so, man, religion it it doesn't man religion in people to God. Religion's getting people in the boxes, and that's just not what we're about. So I want to talk to you this weekend about the topic of generosity. Because if I had one word to describe the heart of Faith Promise, because the Bible says we are many members, and yet we are one body. And so as Faith Promise, we have a heart, a collective heart. And, and not, not everybody, but but as across the board, we have a generous heart. This church is generous. We do whatever it takes so that we can reach the vision and do what God's called us to be and so and do. And it's awesome. And And the generosity. And over 20 years of being your pastor, you guys have always blown my mind when it comes to the area of generosity. So, let me tell you, we changed our fiscal year uh, a while back. Aaron, our CFO, changed that. Said, well, let's, "So it starts July one and it ends June 30." So four weeks ago, we finished the 15 16 fiscal year, and, I'm, and I hadn't said anything about it. But we finished the year three quarters of a million dollars ahead of giving. So, unheard of. And can I tell you, when that budget was created by our executive team and our leadership team, that there are people that said, hey, you know that we're not going to hit this, right? You know there's no way. Well, yeah, we hit it. We beat it by three quarters of a million. In that same year, you gave $1.6 1. 1. point six million to Heart for the Harvest. So, man, the generosity is exploding in this church, and it honors God. And so... Uh, Sort of a theme is we've got to beat the rap of religion or risk ruining everything. And one of the things that religion just trashes and destroys is generosity. It trashes it. Let me tell you about religious people. Religious people calculate their generosity or their giving out of legalism, while generous people give it out of love. Does that make sense? It is a radical two different far polar opposites. And one of our themes is generosity is the heart of heaven. Do y'all believe God's generous? Yes. Of course you do. You wouldn't pray. And see, I did a word study leading up in this message. I looked at generosity, generous, giving, giver, uh, words, thousands of verses. 95% of all those verses apply to God, not us. God's, God gave, God gave, God gave, God gave, God's generous, God's generous, God provided, God provided, God provided. It just over and over and over. It just I just started just scrolling through on my blue little Bible saying, oh my goodness, God, I knew you were generous. But you know, when I just started seeing it literally about 3,000 verses in a row, I said, this out of 3,000 verses, 90% I said, wow, this is amazing. See, that's the heart. Of heaven and what Jesus does in Matthew 23, where I want us to look this weekend, Jesus slams up against this spirit of religion in Matthew 23. It's the Magna Carta of Christ against religion. It is better known in this Matthew 23 passage as the eight woes of the Pharisee. We almost entitled the series The Pharisee Still Goes to Church. And so, let me give you a verse that I use rarely, regularly, but we've never actually really dissected this verse. Matthew twenty-three, twenty-three. Woe to you! Eight times it says it in this, in this passage. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees! Now, these were the most religious people that lived when Jesus said this. These people fasted every Monday, every Thursday. They had the entire Old Testament memorized. They had Bible verses hanging off their clothes, their hat. They had, I mean, they, they, they had bells hanging on their robes to remind them to prayer time. These guys were hyper-religious, are you with me? And Jesus didn't bash anybody like he bashed them because they had lost love to the law. They were, it was an external compliance to a set of rules and regulation. It was not a heart for God. And Jesus knows the heart of all of us, doesn't he? And so he knows. So woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. He said, you guys are tithers. You tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law. You know what, God says, we need to give, we need to tithe. He said, but there are much weightier things, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. But these things you should have done without neglecting the others. Jesus said, hey, you guys should be tithing but you've left out the greater, deeper, heavier, weightier matters of the heart. See, he knew that these guys gave 10% out of obligation. They they were checking the box every day. I brought my tithe, I did this, I did that, I, 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 not God, 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 God. Are you with me? It's all about me, it's all about mine, it's mine, it's mine. Again, these guys were the apex of religion. But religion always guts grace because religion is an external adherence to a set of rules and regulations so that if you do enough of them, God will let you into heaven or he will accept you. Grace says, God's already done it all, freely received the acceptance and forgiveness been given to you. They said, you can't do that. You gotta do work, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. And my Bible says, God did it, God did it, God did it. Are you with me? And that's the the difference. And so Jesus, in dealing with them, he said, you guys tithe to a microscopic minutia. He said, you tithe mint and dill and cumin. Now, these were three household garden herbs. So the Pharisee would go outside, he would pick his mint, his dill, and his cumin, and there would be a cup full. Are you with me? They would take the mint into the house, put it on the chop block, and they would chop the mint up and slice out God a line of 10% right over here. You druggies should have gotten that. I, that, that fell right out. <laughs> so 10% was God's. And you know what they do with the rest of the mint? They would clean the home and they would sprinkle the mint on the floor as an air freshener. These guys tied air freshener now, is that a religious adherent? They tied down to Mint and Dylan Cumin. These guys were just crazy. Not only did they, were they try to follow every law in the Old Testament, but they wrote the Talmud and another book with six hundred more laws. So that if you, I mean that which which went in great detail, don't work on the Sabbath. They, exactly what was working, what wasn't. These guys were crazy, and yet Jesus says, "Hey, you guys tie the air freshener." But there's three. Th- but there, he lists three things. He, and really, I don't. This is not all that they neglected. But these are hard issues. He said you neglected number one justice. Now realize because we live in such a different culture than these Pharisees than this biblical time. The Pharisees and the scribes were the judges in Israel. So if you had a, if you went to court, you had a dispute. or you you know you were arrested? Something happened. You went to court before a Pharisee. They were the ones that handed down all the judgment, the sons of Aaron, the Levites. They were the judges because in that day they lived in according to the word, the Old Testament law. And so they were judged by the Old Testament law and they would come in and the word of God says in the Old Testament through a false scale are differing weights. God hates using different weights, cheating people a lack of justice, false scales that, that, that don't give people what they're supposed to get that cheat people. These guys took bribes. They perverted justice. It's a heart issue that they would do that. You say, how do you know that? Well, the scripture teaches it, but also we know that these were the guys that gave Judas 30 pieces of silver to betray Jesus. Remember, Judas does it feels guilty about it, goes back to the temple, gives the money to the Pharisees, and the Pharisees say, we can't put this money back into the temple treasury because it's blood money. How blind can religion be? Are you with me? That they, they, they know that they have trapped Jesus and going to kill him, and they won't take the money back. And so, so Judas throws it on the ground and leaves and hangs himself. These are the same guys that when they put Jesus on trial, paid people to lie. So Jesus said, you you guys don't have a clue about justice. It's a hard issue about being fair and equitable. He said, number two, you guys don't have a clue about mercy. See, mercy is, mercy in, in, in the Greek, the word that is used there is to see someone who is in a bind. Poor, hurting, broke, who has a need, and and you want you begin you are moved to do something about it. A lot of us see people's needs, we recognize them, but we don't have enough mercy to get off up, up our blessed assurances and do anything about it. Are you with me? That's a heart issue. It's, 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 I see a need, not only do I see it, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to move toward that need because I have mercy. These guys had no mercy. Jesus said, you're twice sons of hell. You're not going to heaven and you're keeping the people that you lead from heaven. You go over land and sea to make a proselyte and then you weigh them down with burdens that you would never ever do yourself. See, religion is a burden hanging on the outward, where the gospel is a freedom that comes from the inward. They're completely opposite. So he said, you've forgotten justice, you've forgotten mercy and faithfulness. Faithfulness is a heart belief that God is and a desire to serve God. See, these guys wasn't about God, it was about them. Their tithing wasn't about loving God, it was about obeying the law. It It wasn't a heart deal, it was an obligation because there was an external compliance to an external set of rules and regulations, not heart transformation. How do we know it? Because Jesus follows up with the next verse and says, you blind God, you strained at a gnat, you tithe your air freshener and you swallow a camel. You don't have any justice, you don't have any mercy and there's no faithfulness in your heart. It's all about what you do, not what's going on inside you. Jesus knew their hearts. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Here's religion right here. For you clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside they are full of robbery and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and of the dish so that the outside may become clean also. This is the problem with the South in the United States of America. We got churches on every corner, right? And yet they are dropping and dropping and dropping in attendance. And in the South, we are not rising up with mercy and care. We, we are growing more cold and farther away from God. Is that a fair statement? Because the churches have lost the gospel, and we have become, we have become behavioral agents, change agents. Come to church, change how you cut your hair, change what you say, change how you dress. You know, give a little money, do this, and you're going to be good. Those are all outward. Are you with me? And Jesus said, you guys only want to clean the outside of the cup but you are full of dead bones and robbery and self-indulgence. Does this make sense? This is why religious people ruin everything, even generosity. See, these guys should have tithed because the scripture teaches us to tithe, but these guys tithed out of obligation. Are y'all with me? It was obligation, not out of generosity. That's, that's, not, that's not where they were. It was an obligation of the law, not, not an opportunity of their heart. So, generosity is, is about joy. So, if you're listening, Sam, Amen. listen, this is where I believe God's going to elevate. Because here's the deal many people don't go to church saying, some of you fell in this category because you said, all the church wants is my money. money. <laughs> Who cares about your stinking money? We have all the money we need. Here's the deal. Generous people are happy people. Stingy people suck. (laughs) So, God wants you to be generous not as an outward establishment of a set of rules and regulations. He wants your heart to be generous and your life to be big. Come on, come on, listen, let's put our big boy pants on. Are you with me? And let's elevate and understand what the Word of God teaches because the most joyous people on the planet are generous people. Would y'all agree with that? Come on, would you really? Come on. So here's the deal generous people have stuff, but stuff doesn't have generous people. Stingy people have stuff but the stuff has the stingy people. It's just the deal. See, God can't fill a closed fist. And that is the hallmark right here, stingy people. Are you with me? This is generous people. What can God do with an open hand? He can heap over so that it just flows over. I'll open the windows of heaven, part of blessing such that you can't even contain it all. Does that make sense? So for God to bless, we gotta be able to let go. Stingy people don't let go. Generosity, beginning the generosity journey is about increasing your joy, about expanding your vision, about exploding your life. So let me ask you a question, let's Sam. Where are you on the generosity journey? We've determined four levels at Faith Promise Church of givers. There's a beginner. It means that you never dreamed that you would go to church and now you find yourself attending. And you certainly thought you would never ever give a dime. Come on, because you thought if you came the first time, the, the, the roof would cave in. And you're here and you said you've given a few times and, and man, you're, you're, you said, you know, I like this. I'm, I give and I feel good about generosity. So then you move to level two, which is a learner. It means you put God in your budget. Are you with me? Because see, here's the deal. Everything that's important to you, you put a line item in your budget. Two years ago, Zach gave us our first granddaughter. We were thrilled about it. Our daughter gave us another granddaughter and now we have a line item in our budget for grandkids. Michelle does not know what that amount is. If Michelle never spent another dime on those two granddaughters, it would take till they got 49 to equal out what the budget is. Are y'all with me? Come on. But here's the deal. A heart of love is a heart of generosity. And so Michelle will come home and she'll try to hide the bag and I'll see it's a Disney bag. I don't have anything Disney in my closet or in my chest of drawers. And I'll say, Michelle, did you go to the Disney store? No. <laughs> okay, now you spent all our money and you're lying about it. What's in the bag? Well, JL, I said, Michelle, the mouse has been fed enough. Dang, leave the mouse alone. But see, when you love something, are you with me? You're generous. And so Michelle can spend all, I'm joking, she can spend all the money she wants on their grandkids, and we, we, just, we love to do it. <laughs> she loves to do it. <laughs> so see, the deal is... So what happens? You're a learner. You put God in your budget. 1%, 2%, 3%, you begin to climb this generosity ladder. Number three, you become a core. You become a tither. You've, you've been walking down the generosity journey. You begin to love to give. Your heart is expanding. Your life is exploding in that. And you're a 10%. This, these right here are the people that give 80% of all the money at Faith Promise Church to support the vision, plants, the campuses. And then there are people that we call lavish. They have given at a 10% level, a core level. And then they say, man, we love it. We're going to actually organize our lives so that we can give more money. We're going to drop our budget so that we can increase our giving. They have the gift of giving. The Bible says, man, if you have the gift of giving, give liberally, give generously. These folks have the gift and they love it and, and they just pour out and that's the deal. So what, what, what? What level are you on? Some of you right here, you hadn't joined the journey. Dive on in. The water's fine. Listen, it's not because God needs your money. Solomon built the most glorious temple that had ever been built. I'd love to to be able to calculate that it it would be trillions of dollars to build the temple today with tons, tons of gold. And he got down and he said, this magnificent temple that I had built cannot contain the glory of God, the heavens cannot contain the glory of God. So, God doesn't need your money. If you want a great life, you've gotta become generous. You say, well, all church wants is my money. Don't give any. See, all the church wants is my money is, is code for I'm stingy. So, if all you think the church wants your money, give to Emerald Youth Foundation. Give to Knoxville Leadership Foundation. Give to Lee Hartwell or, or, one, you know, or, or Terry DuPont, one of our missionaries. See, the problem is most people that say all the church wants is my money, don't give anybody anything anywhere. And some of you said, saying, dear God, that's me, I know. <laughs> Listen, I know, I know. Listen, I love you. I love you. I don't care what you give this weekend, I don't get a raise. It's not about me, it's not about faith promise. It's about your heart. Don't let Lucifer lie to you, because Lucifer wants to keep you stingy and bitter and angry and trapped within the cycle of greed, and you will live a puny, small life, and people won't want to be around you. Does that make sense? So generous. So Jesus blasts these guys in twenty Matthew twenty three, because listen, listen. Get this: generous people are different than stingy people. Who would you rather hang out with? A generous person. Or a stingy person. You know, after a while, if I go to lunch with a guy, man, he makes sure I pay every time. After a while, we're not going. (laughs) Because he's stingy. When I go out to lunch with most of my friends, we arm wrestle. Rock, paper, scissors. It's something to see who's going to pay. I want to hang out with guys who'd rather fight me to see who pays than to remain silent. And I know what people think, preachers are mooches. And I used to tell people this is the first move they teach in seminary when you go somewhere. (laughs) I forgot my wallet. Are you with me? I've seen some mooching preachers. I'm not going to be a mooching preacher because I want to have a great life with a big heart. Are y'all with me? Come on. So, man, that's what generous people have a bigger heart. They see a, they, they grow from the inside out. The gospel, transformation, new heart. They grow bigger. See, religion, all it does is restrict generosity. The gospel, man, it expands. Generous people see a different world than stingy people see. Let me give you some thoughts. Are you ready? Come on, let's roll. Proverbs 29, 22. He that is, he who is generous will be what? I want to be blessed. Look what it says. For he gives some of his food to the poor. Here's the deal, listen, if you're, let's say I am. Amen. Generosity is way more than your money. Way more than your money. See, if you're stingy with your money, that's why nobody wants to be around you, you're stingy with everything. So he that is generous will be what? I wanna be blessed, anybody wanna be blessed? He be blessed, why? Because he gives some of his food to the poor. Proverbs chapter 11 says this. There's one who scatters. That means they give. They're giving to people. And yet they do what? Increase all the more. There's one who does what? With holes, what is justly due, and Yet the result is only in more want. The generous man, well, what's going to happen to him? Prosperous. Second Corinthians 9, 7 says this. Each one must do as he has purposed, chosen, decided in his what? Not grudgingly. Or under compulsion, for God loves a? chill forgiver. God loves a generous heart. Come on, Psalms 37 says this. The wicked born does not pay back, but the righteous is what? Gracious. You want to be a gracious person, blessed person, prosperous person? To be a generous person. We haven't even talked about what you give at church yet. Matthew chapter 10. Jesus, whoever in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones, even a cup of cold water to drink, truly I say to you, he shall not lose his what? People that are generous is going to be rewarded. Proverbs chapter twenty-seven says this: "He who gives to the poor will never what want. want." The people that are core givers in this church almost never need help from Faith Promise Church. The people that don't that go here are the ones that call with needs. Now, there have been a few over the years. There have been a few extenuating circumstances. Somebody got hurt, had a long illness, something happened, and they were core givers. and man, we rolled right in there as their family. We paid house notes. We took care of car payments. We made sure food was on the table. Are you with me? Because the generous person will never won't. That's what I Y'all want to be that? First Timothy chapter six. Instruct them to do good. I'm doing that right now. <laughs> listen. I'm 1 Timothy 6, 18-ing you. (laughs) Instruct them to do good. See, listen, look, watch. This sentence is about generosity, not necessarily about your money. It's about doing good. See, people that are generous and do good, to be rich and good what? To be generous and ready to what? Storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that you may take hold of that which is what? Life indeed. I want some life indeed. Anybody want life indeed? Man, I want life indeed. And life indeed is the opposite of life that is pretend. How many people go to church and pretend? That's why Jesus said, you Pharisees, you're hypocrites. Some, a lot of people go to church and pretend, don't they? One of the things people pretend is they're generous. You ever been around somebody who pretends they're generous? We got a couple in the Bible that pretended their name was Ananias and Sapphira. If you've been around church long, you've heard about them. See, in the New Testament church, listen, it wasn't about tithing. People gave way more than 10%. They gave their houses, their property. Matter of fact, the Bible says that the first church in Jerusalem, there was no needs because the church provided every need anybody had. I like that, don't y'all? Man, I like that. And so Ananias and Sapphira sees all this generosity and all this stuff going on. So they roll in there and they say, hey, Pete, listen, man, so good to see you. Hey, we sold our property for, for uh, $50,000, here's the money, when they actually sold it for hundred. dollars And Pete, so, so Ananias comes in, tells Peter, Pete said, "No, wait a minute, let me make sure I got this right. It was your property, right, Yep. You sold it, was the money yours and you sold it, yeah. And you sold it for $50,000, yep, giving you all the money. He said, you've lied to the Holy Spirit. You've lied. You sold it for 100000 All that money was yours. You're a pretender. And boom, he dropped dead right there. Now, if that happens this morning, generosity will increase at Faith Promise Church. <laughs> so he drops dead. Three hours later, his wife comes in, and, Adam, and uh, Sapphira, Pete! Hey, did my hubby come in and give you that money? We're so thrilled, man. We're so excited to be a part. Man, we just wanted to give. And Pete said, hey, let me make sure I got this right. You sold that property for $50,000? Yep, giving you every dime. Pete said, you see those hot, sweaty guys over there? Yeah, they just buried your sorry, lying husband, and they're about to put you in the ground too. Boom, she dropped dead. And the Bible says the people in Jerusalem were afraid to associate with the believers of Jesus because of the power that permeated their midst. See, we don't need pretenders. Come on, are y'all with me? Man, we just need to Listen, some of y'all are stingy. Recognize it. Don't hide it. Don't let Lucifer lie to you any longer. to say, hey, I didn't realize that I'm stingy. I don't want to give anybody anything. So God, would you expand my heart? Are you with me? Come on, God, would you grow my heart? See, religion's an outside job. The gospel's an inside job. Generosity is an inside job. And this is why God wants you to be generous, not because it needs your money, but because people that are generous see more, hear more, live larger, live greater, live more grand, they experience greater ministry. Why? Because people are drawn to folks that are generous. And so was the Spirit of God. Ephesians 4.30 says this, do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed of the day of redemption. When you were born again, the Holy Spirit was deposited in you. And if you are stingy, is that comfortable or uncomfortable for the Spirit of God in, in, your, heart, in your life? It's uncomfortable. And the Bible says don't grieve the Holy Spirit, but if you're standing you're grieving the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is directing you to people to speak to, lives and ministry, and you don't do that. Proverbs chapter 21, verse uh, next verse. <clears> 10, <throat> 21, I'm, I'm not going to leave us as, as late as last week. The lips of the righteous do what? See, generosity is about good works. It's about good times. It's about your money. It's about what you say. And we've got some families at Faith Promise Church that your kids are on free or reduced lunch. Not Listen, not, not free or reduced lunch of food. They're starving to death because there's no encouragement in the home. See, because generous people give words of life. Hey, I love you. Hey, it's great to see you in your small group, in your family. If you're married to your spouse, to people that you work with, to your neighbors. Hey, it's great to see you. Hey, I love you. Hey, man, I'm so thrilled about what God is doing that you are so generous that you're spending words of love and life on people. Come on. You see, see, if you're stingy with your money, you're stingy with your words. You're stingy with your time. You're stingy with your works. You're stingy with everything. This is, listen, wake, rise up. I mean God's able to, listen, God's able to give you more. I was reading Bible, yesterday morning, Bible reading plan. The king of, Israel, of Judah hired the king of Israel when they were split to help A 100 talents of silver and the man of God said, don't let those heathen go with us. And he said, what about all the money that I gave him? He said, God's able to give you so much more than that. You know what I believe? I didn't mention it to all this. I believe God's going to bless some of our business people, and there's going to be some people pay off the debt at Faith Promise Church. They're calling right there. <clears throat> so that's the deal. See, generous people experience greater freedom, greater joy, greater ministry, and they make a greater difference. And generosity is not about how much you have. I've been in third world countries where people have cooked me meals and I know it's everything they have. They don't even have enough for them to eat and they set a plate in front of me and I can't, in, uh, to, uh, you know, if you turn that down, you've insulted them, are you with me? And I have tried to choke back tears eating a meal, looking at kids I know not gonna have any dinner because I just ate the whole family's meal. And, man, my stomach hurting and just trying my best not to weep. See, I've seen dirt poor people be so generous they've given everything. That's what the widow did. She gave two mites, not even one penny. And Jesus said she gave more than everybody. Come on, it's not about how much you make. Poor people, low-income people in America tend to give percentage-wise greater than wealthy people. Even though wealthy people give so much more money now, faith promise we got some wealthy folks, business people that are enormously sacrificial, lavish givers. Second Corinthians chapter eight says this that in a great deal of their affliction, talk about the Macedonian churches, in their abundance of what? Joy in their deep what? Poverty. These people overflowed in joy, even though they were poor. See, the reason we're stingy is we think we'll be happy if we have more money. And in fact, being stingy and having more money makes us more miserable because nobody wants to be around us. Out of their deep poverty, they overflowed in the wealth of their liberality, generosity. For I testify that according to their ability, see, we don't give what we don't have, we get what we do have. And beyond their ability, they gave, begging of their, their own accord, begging us, urging for the favor participating before the saints. In verse 10, begging us. I give my opinion in this matter. Paul says, listen, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, all about generosity. I give my opinion. Of this talk about it. if you'll be generous, it is to your what? Your what? It's not to God's advantage that you're generous. It's to your advantage. It's to your. Do you want your kids to grow up and be stingy, selfish, hoarders? Then stop it. Are you with me? Then my kids were little. They say, Dad, if you wouldn't give so much, because we taught them what we gave. They say, if you wouldn't give so much, I could have a bicycle. I could have more stuff. You don't realize, kids, everything we have is from God. Everything we have is a gift of God. The reason we have what we have and the reason we'll have what we have in the future is because we are generous. And whether we're poor or rich, we're gonna be generous. It's to your advantage. So generosity starts with what you have, not what you do not have. The Bible says if you sow sparingly, you'll reap what? Stingy people sow sparingly. But generous people sow bountifully and they reap how? Religion's about obligation, generosity is about opportunity so grab that card you're sitting on let's pull it out here's the deal i want you i'm asking you as your pastor to recognize by faith where you are and make a decision i'm going to step up one level if you've never been generous put level one i'm gonna start giving whatever you give five dollars on your way out slide your card through the kiosk at any campus and say i'm gonna give for the first time just start just start Level two, man, I'm, I'm going to get consistent. I'm going to put God in my budget. Level three, I'm, I'm going to be a, a tithe. Level four, I'm going to be court. Listen, not out of obligation, out of love. So wherever you're at, by faith, take another level up. Are you with me? Or does this make sense? Come on, take another level up. See, we believe in gener- generosity to be generous theoretically. But th- there's not a lot of amens when, let's say, let's talk about it practically are you with me religious people are great ethereally they're great at philosophy they're great at sitting around a room but jesus said you've forgotten justice and mercy and faithfulness oh yeah you should tithe he said but you've missed the weightier provisions of the law it's your heart so i'm begging you to let god expand your heart amen because everybody will win when you become more generous and some of you are saying, you know, I, I really used to think all, all the church wanted us my money. I didn't realize that generosity wasn't about God. Generosity was actually about me and my heart. Maybe I want some of this Jesus who, who gave everything, by the way, gave everything all the way down to giving his body and his blood so that you could go to heaven. Yeah, the one that I follow, I, I, I could follow that. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're ready to give your heart to Jesus, We're going to pray a prayer out loud with you. Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned, been stingy. It's been all about me. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. You died for me. You gave it all. I confess you as my Lord. Come into my heart and make it big. Make it generous. I want to follow you. Show me how. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Come on, somebody give him some praise in the house. Now listen, here's the deal. We have grown so much as a congregation that y'all don't get mad when I preach on money anymore. Way to go, church. Amen. Way to go. Way to go because you realize it's, it's not about the church trying to milk you. It's about the church trying to help you be what God wants you to be. So if you would check that next level, put in the offering box. We want to pray for you. We're not we don't have church police. We don't know what your salary is. We're not coming after you. We just want to help you take another step and a next step and a next step and a next step. Amen. Aren't you glad you're here? Man, aren't you glad for what God is doing? There are pastors that will be down front if you want to pray. I had a lady stop me after the last service said, a senior adult lady said, I'm, I was evicted. I don't know where to go, what to do. I said, well, take care of you, ma'am. You don't worry about it. You don't worry about it. Little old lady just literally, I mean, walked up. She kind of talked to you. I said, huh? How'd he get down? Yes, ma'am? I called one of our pastors over. I said, get the information, this lady. We, need, we got to take care of her. We get to do that because many of you are generous. Are you with me? Now, a lot, of you, a lot of you send emails about how can I help Syrian refugees. You already do because we support World Help, Vernon Brewer, who is in those refugees all the time, you're already giving to take the gospel to the Syrian refugees. So you're all, you don't even know it. We, there's no way to cover all the, what we do at Faith Promise Church. So I love you. We're so glad you're here. There's people down to pray with you. Those of you that like to think about maybe you want to be a part of group ministry, go out the center, center doors and, uh, and go to the next steps, and they'll help you. Man, I love you. Pastors, pray for you. Be blessed. Be back next weekend.